So, like Natalie said, we are finishing up our Good Grief series, and the whole uh, reason and the whole heart, actually, where this kind of came from is it really was kind of an um, outpouring or a result of the fact, I said this week one, that this has kind of been a really sucky season um, in, in my life. Like, I'm, like, God has been really good, he's been really kind, and he's done a lot of awesome things, and at the same time, kind of sucked. It's definitely kind of sucked. Um, And so what we did was week one, two weeks ago, we talked about uh, the the title of that message was, hey, when life sucks. Like sometimes life just sucks because it does. Like it's not your fault. It's not like anything that you did, but sometimes it sucks. And what we should do when life sucks, for whatever the reason, is we should be honest with God and we should be honest with other people. Like don't fake it till you make it. Like tell people if you're struggling. Last week, though, we talked about what happens when life sucks and it's our fault. Like we sin or we do something wrong and we have to suffer the consequences for that. And so uh, we talked about that. We were in Hebrews chapter four. Um, And this week, as we finish this off, what we're going to do is we are going to talk about what do you do when your friend's life sucks? When your friend's life sucks. Because here's what I know. Every single one of us have either been in a season when life has sucked, we're either in a season where life sucks, or you will be in a season when life sucks, and all of that is true for your friends too. Uh, Yesterday, I came home from work. Um, A lot of, uh, if you didn't know this, uh, Liddy and I, we bought a house, and so we are homeowners now, and there's a whole bunch of fun things that come with that. And one of those things is we have to own our own appliances. So like washing machines, dishwashers, all all that good stuff. Well, our washing machine has decided it does not want to work. And so I came home around five and I worked for, I kid you not, a little shy of three hours on my washing machine. It wouldn't wash, it wouldn't fill up with water. And it kept saying like, hey, this is the error, this is the, you need to fix this. And so what would happen is I would like, take the clothes out, work on it, like do the thing. And I'd sit on the steps and wait for it to tell me, nope, that didn't work. That's the issue every 20 minutes. And so I was literally working on my washing machine for three-ish hours. At the same time, it was my little brother's birthday. He turned 20 and I told him, hey, call me when you get off, uh, when you're done with dinner and let's go hang out. And so then I get a phone call, like 7.20, and it's my mom. It's from my brother, but my mom was with him. And he go, and my mom's like, oh, like, oh, sorry, this audio thing's not working. I can't hear you. Sorry, I'm trying to connect it to the phone, like all these things. And so I don't know if you know what that's like, but when you're stressed and someone's trying to talk to you while you're stressed, it only makes you more stressed. Personally, that's how it was. And so I'm like saying like, hey, mama, I love you. Please call me whenever you're ready. I like, I'm already stressed. Here we go. So I went to bed last night, not really having a, walk, uh, a working washing machine. I wake up this morning, and I was going to meet a friend uh, from church for coffee at 8.15, and, and I left the house like five minutes late, so I text him, hey, bro, I'm running five minutes late. I'll see you as soon as I can. And so I hop on the highway, I drive, and then boom, instantly, bumper-to-bumper traffic. And that's not normal for the highway that I have to hop on, and so I Google, hey, What's, what's going on? How much longer it is? And it literally added 15 minutes to my drive. So I was five minutes. Now I'm 20 minutes late. And at the same time, my mom calls me. 
She goes, hey, I texted you, but it, it says that you're driving, so this is a good time, right? I go, sure. And so she says, so how's your washing machine? Is everything okay? Like, what's going on? Have you tried this? Yes. Have you tried this? Yes. Have you, have you YouTubed it yet? Your sister-in-law, she's really good with YouTube and everything to make sure she fixes everything. Have you tried YouTubing yet? Mama, I've Googled everything. I've YouTubed all the videos I possibly could. The issue for how to fix the washer isn't there. If it was, I would tell you that I would have fixed it already. I kid you not. She goes, well, when you figure it out, you need to make sure you're the guy that makes the YouTube video for it so then that way other people know how to fix it and stuff too. At this point, I pull off of the highway so I can turn around, go the exact opposite way to meet this guy for coffee. And my mom's on the phone and she's telling me, hey, so I don't know about you, but I, like when stuff like doesn't, work the way I want to. I get flustered for a little bit. And then like, I know that God's got this. So you just need to know, hey, God's got this. And I'm like, yes, mom, you're absolutely right. And I'm driving. And at this point, I'm going a speed limit that uh, I'm going a speed that is sin. And so I'm driving past a sinful speed, right past a state trooper. And so then I'm talking to my mom. My mom's like, dude, just God's got this. My, I don't have a working washing machine. I'm sitting past the state trooper, and I'm 15 minutes late, and the guy texts me, hey, I got to leave at like 9, so it's just, it was awful. And friends, I don't know, like, I, I don't know exactly how you personally handle stress, but personally, I did not need my mom to tell me how to fix the problem. She didn't know how to fix the problem. No one knows how to fix the problem. We fixed the problem this morning, though. Like, I, I came back, a guy from uh, work, he was like, hey, let me help you out with that. And we fixed it, praise God. But in that moment, what I didn't need was, hey, just trust God. He's got this. Hey, just, have you fixed it yet? Have you done all these things? Like, have you read this Bible verse? Have you, like, like... I don't, again, I don't know how you want people to re react and respond to you when life sucks, but personally, I don't really want encouragement or, hey, just God's got this. I kind of want you to just tell me, yeah, dude, that sucks. And I end the phone call with my mom by saying, hey, mom, I kind of just want you to tell me, wow, this situation sucks and I'll be good. Like, I'll fix it eventually. But in that moment, I just want you to just tell me, yeah, dude, that sucks. I'd love for you to ask yourself uh, this question. This is really just in between you and God. Like, how do you want your friends and family to react when your life sucks? Like, do you want them to give you advice? Do you want them to tell you how to fix your problems? Do you want them to just tell you, oh, they were wrong and you're right? Like, how do you want people to react or, or what do you want them to do when life sucks? Again, like I said, we are all going to go through a season and your friends are all going to go through a season at some point when just like, it sucks. And here's what I know. If we all know how we want to be treated when life sucks, our friends also have a specific way that they want to be treated when life sucks. So whether you are a follower of Jesus or not, this is the reason why this message is important. If you want to be a good friend, if you want to be a good friend, how we handle situations in their lives when it sucks is really important. So 
Here's going to be the big idea for tonight. Um, it's the whole message in one sentence. If you can only remember this, your mom or dad asks, hey, what'd you learn? What are you supposed to do? The big idea is this. Be a good friend. Be a good friend. And what happens when life sucks is a really good indicator for how like, we can really love them and honestly, like, how good of a friend it is. It's easy to be a good friend when life's great. What about when life's not great? So if week's one message was when life sucks, last week's message title was when life sucks and it's your fault, this week's message title is when life sucks, when your friend's life sucks. So what we're going to do is we're going to learn what do we do, how do we do it, and why do we do it. And we're going to be bouncing kind of all around our Bibles. We're going to be in three different places. Um, but point number one, if you uh, are taking notes, is what to do. And so we're going to be in the book of Romans chapter 12 uh, for this first part. Um, Romans is going to be kind of towards the end of your Bible. It's after the, uh, the gospel. So like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Acts, Romans. So um, there's some Bibles laying around. If you don't have a Bible, uh, that is your, uh, our gift to you. Um, if you have a paper Bible, just bring it next week, especially now that we're going to be going through a book of the Bible. It might be really helpful to kind of take notes, highlight, underline, circle things as you're going through there. But Romans chapter 12 is where we're going to be at. And the first part of Romans is all a whole bunch of stuff that's really important about like who God is and what does it mean. Chapter like kind of 10 through the end is all like super practical application. Here's what you do about it. And chapter 12 specifically is, an, is a really good chapter for like, oh yeah, just do this, do this, do this, do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. And, and these are all really good if you want to be a good friend, but there's one passage specifically we're going to look at. So starting in verse 9 of Romans chapter 12, this is what it says. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. That's good. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good, love each other with genuine affection, and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. Verse 13, uh, when God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Uh, bless those who persecute, uh, who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. That's crazy. And in verse 15, be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other and don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. So if you want to be a good friend, like those like couple verses are really, really good. Just do those. Um, I am encouraged you to just read the whole chapter, um, and it's also extremely helpful and practical. But the key verse I want to touch on is verse 15, where it says, be happy with those that are happy, and then weep with those that weep. And here's why this is so important uh, when it comes to being a good friend, because you know what it's like when this doesn't happen. Like, let's say you are in a horrible season, and you go up to your friend, Let's say, let's say Kevin and I were hanging out after the bridge, and I tell him, bro, life sucks. My washer's out, my AC's out, my, you know, my house burned down, my dog died, you know, my, the, half of these things aren't true. The other half are. Um, but like, like all, all of these things, and then Kevin goes, 
bro, that's crazy. I won my tennis tournament on Sunday. Like, dude, I actually got a raise. Uh, dude, like, Lynn and I were getting ready to go on a vacation. I actually got a bigger house. Like, this is wild. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. How would I feel in that moment? I would feel like, <laughs> cool. That's awesome, bro. Thank you so much for sharing that. I'm never going to talk to you ever again. <laughs> like, because I came to him with problems, and he's like, yeah, but dude, check this out. And then the opposite's true. Let's say I go up to, um, anyone want me to pick on them for a second? Let's say I go up to Holly. I'm going I'm to show you that. Let's say I go up to Holly. I'm like, Holly, guess what? I got a brand new washer. You know, we had, you know, our, our baby came totally healthy and everything like that. We had twins. We didn't even know. We had twins. It's going to be awesome. Um, dude, like, I literally got a promotion, and so now I'm going to actually be, like, my boss's boss, and I got a pay raise with it. And you go, dude, I don't have a job. I don't have friends. I, I'm in middle school. Like, like, and you just, like, you say all of these things, like... <laughs> Well, here's what's going to happen. I will be like, oh, that's kind of a killjoy. I wanted to celebrate. And you're like killing the vibe. Like, I'm, I'm sad now. Friends, like, you know how bad it is when the person doesn't give you kind of what you want. So if that's how we feel, then good friends should treat good friends the way that they would want to be treated. That means, what do we do? You are happy with those that are happy, and you weep with those that weep. If we're in this series of good grief, like, hey, if your friend is weeping, weep with them. So that's what we do. But what does this look like? This is point number two. How do we do this? How do we do this? Um, and we're going to go to the book of Job, not Job, Job. Job is literally, if you have one of your paper Bibles, just like go to the middle. You might hit Isaiah or one of these other people. Like go left a little bit, and it's right in front of Psalms, okay? So we're going to be turning over there a little bit. Uh, we're in the book of Job, 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 Job. Um, we've talked about Job a couple times this year, but long story short, Job's life sucked. Um, his, all of his kids died. All of his cattle died. All of his land was destroyed. His house burned down. Um, he lost all of his money, all, and he had a couple friends and a wife, and he ended up getting all of these diseases and sores and stuff all over his body. So by all definitions, this season sucked. But in Job chapter 2, starting in verse 11, this is what it says. When three of Job's friends heard the tra uh, tragedy he had suffered, they got together and traveled from their homes to comfort and console him. Their names were uh, some guy, the termite, Bildad, uh, he was only a shoe height, and then Zophar, uh, another person. In verse 12, when they saw Job from a distance, they scarcely recognized him. Again, like this dude was physically messed up. And so then what, what did they do? Wailing loudly, they tore their clothes. This is the friends. They screamed loudly. They tore their clothes. They threw uh, dust on, onto their heads to show their grief. In verse 13, and then they sat on the ground with him. For seven days and nights, no one said a word to Job, for they saw that his suffering was too great for words. So this dude, Job, his life sucked, and how did his friends respond? They left their homes. They left what they were doing. They did everything, and they hung out, and they sat with Job for seven days 
and seven nights. This is where I'm like, I for sure need to grow in this. Because like, let's say you come to me with like all of these issues. I can maybe give you like four hours max of empathy of being like, yeah, bro, that sucks. But at some point, I'm going to be like, are we going to eat? Like, I got to go to bed. I got to work tomorrow. I got things to do. I got, I, like, that sucks for you, but, like, let's talk later. Like, I got, I have things to do. And what these guys are modeling is that's not the great, the, the best thing to do. These guys literally sat in silence and they cried with them for seven days and seven nights. Now, eventually you read the rest of the story, they mess up. Like, they start talking and that's where they mess up. But what should we do? What does it mean and look like to cry and weep with those that cry and weep? That means whether or not you know the answers, whether or not you have the best advice, take a time out, leave what you're doing, go sit with your friend and cry in quiet. Now, don't hear what I'm not saying. There is a time to give advice. Like, there's, there is a time to make sure that you're, you're telling people, like, hey, bro, they're actually the right one. You're in the wrong for this, and you, you should probably go apologize. Like, there are times when we need to do that, but that comes after you sit with them and cry with them. You're not telling them that they're right. You're not telling them that they're wrong. You're telling them you are in pain, and I'm going to suffer with you. That's the difference between sympathy and empathy. Sympathy is like, yeah, I understand how that would suck. Empathy is, hey, let me feel that suck with you. And so that is what good friends do. That's how we do it, is we sit and listen and hurt with them. Now, the opposite is true, and, and I wish we had time to talk about it, um, but this is honestly a great question in your small groups. I'm on the side where I'm like, I thought originally that the weep with those that weep was the harder one, but I genuinely think it's way harder to genuinely be happy with those that are genuinely happy. Like when someone else is succeeding and winning and all the things are working out great and perfectly and all that good stuff, we can like, like give them the attaboy or girl like clap. We can like comment on their things and be like, oh my gosh, yes, Queen, you look great. But then like secretly deep down, we're like, oh, I wish I was on that vacation. I wish I had that boyfriend or girlfriend. I wish, you know, I got that grade. I wish I made varsity. I wish I made this, like, that's why, like, in Romans 12, 9, it says, let your love be genuine. So, yes, being a good friend, weep with those that weep, but also be happy with those that are happy. If you want a story of this, that, of a story where they messed up horribly on this, uh, you can read this either in small groups or quiet times later in this week, but go to Luke 15, verse 11 through 32. We're not going to read that, but that's just an awesome place to read a story where they did not do this well, where this guy did not, was not happy with those that were happy. So that's Luke 15, 11 through 32. Here are some questions for your small groups. How well do you do this with your friends? How, how well are you with being genuinely happy when your friends are happy? When your friend shares good news and awesome things and life's great for them, how, how good do you do at that? And how well do you do like with weeping when your friend's weeping? How well do you do with just not giving answers and solutions, but just listening and sitting with them in their pain? 
So um, the last thing uh, in, in your small groups and stuff is this. Uh, back in small group news, I'm so sorry I didn't uh, prep you for this, uh, but there's printed off at the welcome table um, like six pieces of papers um, that have 14 different types of people in small group. If your small group has the time to go for it, uh, like to go through it, that's awesome. But it's pretty much every single one of us are going to fall into some kind of category when we're in family time. Some people are just like super quick to just move on when people share pain. Some people are just like, well, hey, let's just pray it and then like move on. And some people are just like, oh, dude, like, and they're so quick to jump on your team and be like, oh, yeah, let's, you know, slash their tires. And it's like, okay, like some people don't share anything, you know. So it's, it's just a cool little thing. Uh, just So small group leaders, one per group. Uh, just make sure you stop by the welcome table so you can grab that paper. If you have time to go through it, awesome. If not, it's okay. Um, yeah, so that's what we do. We are happy with those that are happy, weep with those that weep. How we do it, quietly, patiently, and we listen. And then point number three, why should we do this? Why do we do this? Goodness, sorry. Because um, this, this is the weird part. Whether you are a follower of Jesus or not, whether you love Jesus like he is your best friend or you don't even believe in him, you could literally take all of these things from the first two points and it would literally make you a better friend. Like you don't have to love Jesus to listen to this and be like, yeah, I'll, I'll implement that and I'll be a better friend because of it. So the short answer, why should I do this? That's the cop out. It's to be a better friend. But there is a longer answer. And the longer answer, why, if you are a follower of Jesus, should you weep with those that weep and be happy with those that are happy? And the answer is because God, God is. Because God does this. God has modeled this. Jesus has modeled this. He is there to listen and to cry with us when we cry, and he is there to celebrate and be happy and joyful with us when we are. And we can see this in, in Psalms chapter 56. So if you're in Job, go over literally one book, Okay, and then in Psalms 56, this is David. He is writing this and he is in one of the worst seasons of his life. He's quite literally in physical danger because the enemies that he was physically at war with have surrounded him. And this is what he says. Verse eight, he's talking to God, he's praying to God and he says, you, God, you keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle and you have recorded each one in your book. This is crazy. This is a different level of like kind of a, a closeness and relationship with God. Like God not only knows every tear that we have ever cried or every fear we have ever felt or anything like that. Like God intimately knows those things. He's keeping track of them. He knows them and he wants to know them. So what should we do? We should want to do these same things because we should want to be like God. Like, uh, we don't have to turn there, but like in Romans 8, 29, if you are a follower of Jesus, it says we have been saved so that we can be molded to be more like Jesus, to act more like Jesus, to think more like Jesus. And this is part of it. We should want to be a great friend like Jesus is a great friend. Uh, the last two weeks we've talked about in Hebrews 4 how Jesus literally can empathize with us more than anyone else because he came to the earth. Jesus is the best example 
of a person who can give empathy, and he is the best example of being the best friend ever, of crying with people that are crying. And this is going to be the, the, the kind of the, the transition of like the whole like the good news of Jesus is this question of like, do you know Jesus like he's your friend? Like, is Jesus just some guy that you hear on a Wednesday night or Sunday morning? Or maybe, like, when you see the news and you see some Christian leader do horrible, stupid things. Is Jesus just some killjoy, or is Jesus your friend? Yes, it's so important to make sure that we have reverence and respect. Like, yeah, Jesus is king, he's Lord, he is in charge. But is he your friend? Do you know and believe that he cares about you? He wants to listen to you. He does listen to you. He records and collects every single tear you've ever cried. Do you know Jesus like that? And how you do that, how do you get there is by first believing that why Jesus came here was so that he could pay for our sin that has separated us from God that we have all rebelled against God. We've done what we wanted to do, when we want to do it, however we want to do it. And so then when Jesus came to live the perfect life that we could never live, he died the death that we deserved. We should have had to pay for our sins, but Jesus says, I will pay for it. And in exchange, surrender your life to me. Believe that he is who he said he was. He did what he said he did. And in faith, be like, God, will you forgive me? I trust you with everything. My whole life's yours. You have my yes for whatever question you ask. And if you are not a follower of Jesus, like that is your first step is, hey, believe in Jesus. Call out to him. Ask him to forgive you of your sins. Surrender to him as Lord. If you have questions about that, talk to your small group leader. There is no one more excited to tell you more about what does this mean and how does this work than your small group leader. Trust Jesus because he cares for you. But if you are a follower of Jesus, be a good friend like Jesus is a good friend. Be happy, genuinely happy with those that are happy. And then weep with those that weep. Heavenly Father, God, I pray that we would be a people that would be amazing friends. We would just be genuinely happy, no matter the circumstance, for when when you do awesome things in other people's lives. We wouldn't be jealous, we would be happy. But God, I also pray that regardless of the circumstance, like regardless how good we feel, we would weep with those that weep. We would empathize the way that you can empathize, the way that you do empathize. God, I pray we'd be good friends, like you are the best friend. Not so that we can get the the attaboys or or whatever, just get the praise for looking good. God, I pray that we would be a good friend so that we could point people to you and say like, yeah, we learned it from you. If there's anyone that doesn't know you like that, as, as a friend, as a father, as a king. I pray that tonight would be the night that they would just ask questions. You'd open their eyes to see how amazing you are as a savior. And I pray, God, that your people would go out and be great friends. For your glory, for our joy, 
and the world's good. In Jesus' name.